Let's go back to the time when George Scott became a Division I football player and turned that into a law degree. Everyone has a story. I am your host, Chris McLean. Welcome to The Time Went, a podcast exploring the lives of everyday people. For additional information pertaining to each episode, visit our website, atimewhen.net. Also, make sure to participate in our monthly book club. More information on our book club is also available on our website, atimewhen.net. Hello, everyone. Today, we are with our guest, George Scott. Hello. Thank you for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. George is a very successful lawyer today, uh, but he had an interesting path to, to get into becoming a lawyer. Uh, started with him earning a Division I scholarship in, uh, in football in college. And um, George, can you talk a little bit about what you were able to do growing up or in high school to uh, enable you to get that Division I scholarship? Yeah, you know, I uh, started playing football at a very young age. Um, I think I was in, you know, first or second grade, and I was probably wow. a year too young. And so what they what they did in, in Pop Warner is, you know, that's actually before they had a flag football for the youth um, in the mm -hmm. town growing up. So it made me what they called a mascot, and I was mm -hmm. able to wear the uniform, but I had no number. <laughs> but I could go warm up with the team, and I could run out with the team and, and, and go get the team and carry the balls around. Um, but, you know, I had two older brothers that played, and um, I, I really developed a, a passion when I was that very, you know, that young to for the, for the game of football. And I just, I mean, I used to literally uh, play dress-up on the weekends, put on a football outfit, shoulder pads, helmets, and walk around the neighborhood. And I was like in second or third grade. Um, <laughs> probably got made fun of, but that's what I did. Cause I just, you know, I just envisioned myself as, as, as being a, um, a football player. Um, go ahead. And I, I know that passion kind of followed throughout, uh, throughout high school. I know. Talk about, yeah. about that. Yeah. So, you know, um, probably about, Seven, my seventh grade year, things turned from a dream to I started to believe I actually could accomplish this and become a major college football player. Hmm. And with that understanding, I became I, I just I just mapped out a pathway to get there. And so, for, so yeah. what happened in what happened in seventh grade? Like, was there a turning point, or you just started to you excel know on the field? No, yeah, that's a that's a great question. There, there really was a turning point. Um, you know. Uh, it actually happened uh, in the summer going into my eighth grade year. So my seventh grade year, um, I played, you know, seventh, eighth grade football. <laughs> um, you know, I played with the one crisp clean. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and Chris, you know this. I mean, I wasn't, I, I wasn't the best person on that team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I, I may have started, you know, I, I'm a, I ultimately became a running back. Um, and that's what I always wanted to do. I may have started two or three games at running back that season um, and played a lot of defense too, which clearly was not my position. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just was so disappointed in myself. I just decided that I'm just, I got to get better. Wow. Um, and I, I just started working out 
really multiple times a day. I would run up down my stairs. I'd run sprints in the driveway, try to race my older brothers. And I went, and the day that my, my psychology changed, I went to a uh, football camp for a high school that summer, rising mm-hmm. eighth grade. And I probably gained like 10 pounds of muscle. And I had a great camp. Mm-hmm. And our high school coach came in and he told me, you know, if you listen to me, you won't have to pay for college. Wow. That, at that point, I knew this is a reality. And all I have to do is just every day, you know, just get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would you say like uh, your coach had a big influence then on you? Like, I think that's something important for coaches to, to know yeah. like, just the impact they could have on their players. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was, he, he had the biggest influence on me of, of teaching me the importance of staying focused on what the goal was, what was important and the priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I had a healthy fear of him. I call it healthy now, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, he, you know, he made me believe um, that, he, that, that if I listened to him, and did all the things that were right, which means work out, do your homework, don't get into trouble, you know, hang around good people that, you know, he, he then would have enough to talk to college coaches and say, mm-hmm. this is the guy you want in your program. Right. And I trusted that. And, mm-hmm. you know, he kept his word with the little things, um, mm-hmm. which made me trust him with the big things. And I just totally bought into that concept. And, um, you know, it just made me a better person ultimately, but definitely a better athlete and a better prospect. Wow, that's great. So so how did you decide on which college to go to? I know you had a lot of offers. Yes, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, in seventh grade, when, when my high school coach said, said that to me, I told him right after that I wanted to go to Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really my dream school for years. Right. Um, and, and honestly, when it changed from that, it actually changed to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a sophomore because I was getting handwritten letters by the head coach after yeah, they won remember two that. national championships. Yeah, we'd walk down the hallway and be like, look, look what he said, yeah, you know. <laughs> and they'll be like, he'll, he'll, real personal letters. Oh, you did a, had a great game last weekend. You did this and did that. And, you know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go continue to wear red again. And, mm-hmm. and go, you go, but, you know, interestingly, um, Syracuse, where I ended up committing to, um, Coach Rogers, offense corner at the time, and they had this offense with Don McNabb. Um, they had uh, a fullback named Rob Conrad, both mm-hmm. you know successful NFL players, great wide receiver um, as 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 well on the team. And um, and at the time, Michael Vick um, was going to Syracuse as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and uh, they came in. They were the I got I have had over 30 offers mm-hmm. um, and before I committed Syracuse was the first offer to come face to face and offer me. Wow. Everyone else did it through the coach or over the phone mm-hmm. and they came to the high school as a local kid um, and the, the reception I got from everyone was was really influential but the really thing that did it for Syracuse was they, they just told me that I could do something special at Syracuse that I couldn't do anywhere else. 
Wow. And it really came down to, I go to Nebraska. They literally said this, you go to Nebraska, you go to Michigan, you can play tailback. And you're going to be one of a hundred tailbacks coming out with a thousand yards a season. Mm-hmm. But you come to Syracuse, we're going to play fullback. And no mm-hmm. one else is going to put you there, but we are. And we're going right. to give you the ball 15 times a game. And you're going to be the only fullback with a thousand yards rushing. Wow. And I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I bought into that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that was it. And I was, that was the hometown kid at that point, And it just felt good. Yeah. So once you got there, how did uh, college athletics compare to high school athletics? You know, it's, I always describe it as this way, you know, in high school, you spend six hours a day in class and like two hours a day practicing mm-hmm. and college is the opposite, you know, <laughs> Been like two hours a day in class and six hours a day, you know, <laughs> practicing on your sport, whether you're in the weight room, watching film, training, you know, and, and you know, it, it really is a business, yeah. you know, um, you really, your relationship with coaches is more of an employer-employee relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, they're there because they want to progress in their profession and you're there to help them do that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're surrounded by all Americans, just mm-hmm. like you, who yeah. have the same hunger and desire. And as much as you you, know, you love those guys, you become brothers, but man, you want their spot and they want your spot. Right. And you, and every day you're fighting and, and not just on the field and practice, but in the weight room, you know, everything. You're trying to get some type of edge. Exactly, exactly. And so it's, it's, it's a totally different environment. It's fun, it's good. But, um, you know, it's, you get slapped in the face, mm. you know? I mean, I remember, I, I, I remember to this day, um, the, you know, you go there as a big recruit, they love you, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you just like, man, this is, I'm going to be a king when I walk there, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and, it, 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 and when you're a freshman, you come in earlier, right? You come in earlier than the rest of the team. And, you, and at that time, I was, you know, I was the biggest recruit because the other big recruits were other places. So I was like the biggest recruit. So I, I was still getting treated, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the older kids came, <laughs> and then it was like, go hold this bag. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I was nobody. I was just nobody. You know my name anymore. And and it was like, it was like, wow, this is, you know, I'm just a cognitive real right now, and I got to just try to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you did you like observe the the older guys and kind of learn how to how to fit into being a oh, coach? I, I absolutely did. You know, um, I uh, you know one thing I did do is because I was a local kid, I was able I was close to the university. So even in high school, you know, I would go up there as much as I could. You mm-hmm. know, as unfortunate as it was, all my friends like you, Chris and, and Rich, had left. Mm-hmm. Um, so my year was really lonely. But I was committed to Syracuse already, so I literally would take all my classes in the morning and I would drive up to Syracuse every day. Wow. Um, work out with the team. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, it's funny, there was this fullback there um, who was the backup at the time. And they all, he knew that they recruited me to start over him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he took me, you know, maybe in, in he's close, but he took me in and and kind of taught me the ropes and, and how to navigate. Um, and, and that's really what you had to do, man. Um, I wasn't bashful. I asked questions. Right. Um, and, you know, you got to be humble and, and just know you don't know a lot. I mean, it's 
I thought I was a smart football player before I went to college. Right. And, and, and it was, it was like a totally different way of understanding the game. Mm-hmm. All the stuff I had to know. I mean, I never, all I had to know in high school about defense was what hole, I, what hole existed and how do I hit it. Um, right. and, in college, I had to know everything about defense and everything about the coverage and not just where they lined it up, what's going to happen after the snap based on our mm-hmm. formation. And that was, you know, that took a long time to adjust to. Yeah, big learning curve. Yeah. So while you were in college, you, you started to get involved with music. How did, how did you get involved with music? So, you know, I approach music similar to, to, to sports, you know. Um, I always loved music. Uh, and when I was younger, you know, I would always play around with it. And actually, in, in high school, I was probably more serious about it than, than I let on. Mm. Um, so I was always writing and mm. in college, uh, it was actually my, uh, after probably the middle of my sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to try to do this for real. I'm going to really kind of go for it. Okay. And in, in, in it kind of comes for a circle because back in like eighth grade, I actually saw a, a music magazine. There's this, this artist on it who owned a record label. And I said back then I was going to work for that guy. I was going to work for that label. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so fast forward back to college, I just, I decided it was time to try to make it happen. Huh. So I just started writing the CEO of that record label letters every single day, writing, saying, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. Boom, 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 boom. I just knew I had to do that to get their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually my brother told me a story about, um, group Mob Deep. Mm-hmm. And he said that the way they got their deal was that they just walked up to the record label, knocked on the door, and started rapping. Wow! So, so I was like, okay, well, I got what I got to do. So I just started, I started writing this letter, um, and uh, finally the CEO called me, mm-hmm. and he he said, listen, I got all of your letters, and I thought to myself, you're either crazy, and I need to stay away from you. <laughs> I need to give this guy a call. Uh, so I said, I said I appreciate it. He 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 said, listen, give me give me a demo tape, um, and, and a picture of yourself, and I'll take a look. And that's all I need. It's just, it's an opportunity, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And and I think that's just like just like sports, man. You just need an opportunity to get seen. Um, so what I did was, um, you know, this is one of those situations where being poor works out a little bit. Because of, because my family didn't make a lot of money, we, and you know I was on full scholarship, we qualified for the Pell Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you cash every semester to cover for expenses, and and at a time we're in the Big East, and the Big East gives you five hundred dollars for clothes. Okay. Well, instead of using that the right way, I mm-hmm. I took all that money and I bought all this uh, music equipment mm. and to, to make a demo tape. So I built a little studio in my dorm room. Wow. <laughs> And I was in there. I still went to class, but I know for those for that month I didn't I didn't do a lot of work. And wow. I just took out my, my lyrics and I just I just made music, right? And I, I made this demo tape. I, I mailed it. Um and I didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, you know, maybe you didn't like it. And I was like, that can't be right. So <laughs> I hopped on a and the 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 interesting thing was um the record label was headquartered in Oklahoma, but the, he called me from Seattle, mm-hmm. right? He gave me, he told me to mail the tape to Seattle. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, do I go to Oklahoma or Seattle? So I decided to get on a bus, a Greyhound bus from Syracuse, New York, four day journey out to Seattle. Wow. You took a bus <laughs> four days to Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like on the bus for that long? Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. It was nasty. It was nasty people. You know, you know, I just, but I just determined, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't have any money. I didn't have money to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep in mind, I'm still playing football in college. Right. And and I left during spring break. Fortunately, it worked out this way. But I was supposed to be back like that Friday. Mm. So I got there like mm. on Tuesday. And um, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the address to office. It was address to a mailbox. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, listen, somebody's got to get this mail at some point. Right. So, so I put something in the mailbox, like a personal items that I knew they had, and I sat out front of the mailbox for a couple of days, waiting for somebody to pick up the mail. Where did you sleep? You just slept there. Uh huh. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't advise anybody does this, but this is. Hey, you know, I was just. I, I had to make this happen, and I felt like this is what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so um, eventually, I was like, you know. I had no more money for food. I had no more. I was like, I, I got to figure out how to get back. My mm-hmm. roommate was calling me. And actually, my roommate at the time was Dwight Freeney for those football fans out there. And mm-hmm. he was like, where are you at, George? Coaches are looking for you. You're supposed to be here. You know, what's going on? I was like, right. I'm just trapped out here, man. I don't know what to do. <laughs> he, he was like, man, you lost your like, – everybody lost. George lost his mind. You know, he's out there. What are you trying to do? Right. So, um, finally, I just I just like, you know what, this is – it's not going to work out. I figure out a way to get a bar money for some people, get them back on a bus, get back out there, try to explain to my coaches where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got back, there was a message on my machine from the CEO saying, I heard you were out in Seattle um, and pretty much like, give me a call. I gave him a call. He was like, man, anybody who does that, I know it was, it was tr- a true warrior. I mean, Exactly. I want you on my team. So he gave me an opportunity to, to go on tour that summer. Okay. Um, and that's where the journey really began for me. Okay. And yeah. so, but then you're going to transition, transition back from, mm-hmm. from music back, back to football. Yeah. And yeah. so, so where did you, where did you end up coming back to play football at? So um, it, it's interesting, you know, it, it it, you know, things do come first full circle and it didn't make sense to me at the time. But, you know, when I went on that tour, originally I was hired as a security guard because mm-hmm. I was a big football player and, and that's what they needed at the time. Um, by the end of that tour, I signed a four album deal mm-hmm. um, uh, because I became a security guard and one day there was no stage. Um, so that was real awkward for me to be standing there. So mm-hmm. they told me to dance. And so I started dancing, and then every show after that, I became a dancer. <laughs> and, then, and then one day, there was a, a, one of the artists couldn't perform for some reason. I think he was sick, and they were like, "George, you know, you got to do these backup vocals." I was like, "All right," and boom! Then all of a sudden, I had a mic in my hand at these shows, and then I started reporting, and then that was it. Um, and and it kind of, things kind of moved fast for me that way in the music business. And so there was kind of a midterm where I had to make a decision between football, playing football and focusing on music. Mm-hmm. And it was right before the draft, obviously, I mean, ironically, right, right. Um, 
right after I was I was on the road doing a tour and trying to juggle trading for the for the draft and and um, and music, and then I just mm-hmm. decided I'm going to go the music route. I just think you know, I mean, I wasn't. First oh, so you were gonna you were gonna enter the NFL draft? Yeah, I had I had an agent. Um, you know, I had teams coming out to see me, and 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 I had pretty much been determined to be. I was going to get to a camp. I was going to get a shot. And that's and that was great. That's all I needed to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a I couldn't do both. If I wanted to, but if I wanted to focus on football, I really couldn't do music. Exactly. Do music, you know. So I decided I'm gonna focus on music. I feel like I'm having some success. It's it, it, it we were doing a lot of good things, and I felt good about it. Um, and so when I did that and made that commitment, what happened is I started to accelerate the company and the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to get involved way more in the business. Um, and it came to a point where I needed to, I felt like I needed to get more, uh, more business focused and I wanted to go to the business school and get my MBA. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have a really good relationship with the AD and head coach at Wired College. Okay. And, and when I asked him, you know, if he could help me out. You know, the timing worked out where they had a coaching job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went and he gave me an opportunity to be a, a GA um, and coach on the field. And so that's how really I got you know, the purpose wasn't really necessarily to get back into coaching, but mm-hmm. it, it gave me an opportunity uh, to get my MBA. And then that's how I got back to the football field and coaching. Okay. So, really, you were really trying to work more into the business aspect of the music. And so, that's right. You use sports once again as an avenue to help you to to gain that. So that's how, right. That's right. So how would you compare uh, playing at like Wagner compared to like Syracuse, like a Big East school? Um, I mean, it's 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 extremely different. I mean, you at Syracuse, especially Syracuse, particularly because there's really no other show in town, mm-hmm. you know, until you get down to New York City or maybe out to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So you're you're essentially like a professional athlete in the area um you know you're, you're playing in front of fifty thousand people every week on tv um and you, you don't want for anything i mean i if i need new shoes i got them if i need new gloves i got them if i want a five pair i got them <laughs> um you know and, you know walking to the mall people know your name who you are um at wagner it's different mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um, yeah. People are there just because, you know, they want to play the, the game. You have some school support, but, you know, you, you don't have the, the big screaming, hollering, hollering thing. And, and the, the makeup of the team is different. You, you mm-hmm. only have probably 10 or 15 guys that um, are really, you know, top college players. And the mm-hmm. rest just are playing because they want to play football while they go to college. Right. Um, and and uh and so it's a totally different environment you know there's 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 great talent there in that level it's just you don't have at syracuse you had a roster of 85 scholarship players and all 85 of them if things work out could probably play at the next level in nfl right um at, at wagner you know you had 20 guys who were good football players and you probably have maybe two or three that have the skill set to get to the next level Mm-hmm. And if you have that, you're probably one of the best teams in the league. Right. Um, and so that was the biggest difference. And, and I mean, look, 
I remember getting my equipment and I was just like, this is like high school. <laughs> so so how did you transition after you your your playing time was over at Wagner? Um well, you know, that 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 kind of you know, I know my story I kinda skipped a little bit because I ended up going to Wagner that 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 last year um because ultimately what I discovered at Syracuse was I was playing fullback, but I was really undersized for the NFL. And I really need to play tailback if I want to hope at the next level. Mm-hmm. And, and Wagner essentially said I could play tailback and they had to develop an offense around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, and that really gave me, gave, gave an opportunity for the scouts to see what I was trying to sell them for the NFL. Right. Um, because they always were trying to, to, to get me in camp as a tailback, but they had no film of me actually playing tailback. Mm-hmm. And so, so it did its, it did its job. Uh, but at the same time, because of the the less, the smaller uh, program that Wagner was, I actually had way more time to do music. Yeah. Um, and and so that it kind of almost forced the issue for me to choose music in that sense, mm-hmm. um, because the coaches weren't as concerned about it. Uh, Syracuse was a big problem. I mean, when I went on tour, it was a problem. They mm-hmm. pretty much said, "You clearly you don't want to play football anymore." and mm-hmm. treated me as such. Wagner was like, I don't really care. You know, <laughs> as long as you show for practice, I'm good. So, right. um, so, so, so really, um, you know, that transition um, for music just kind of made it a little bit easier with that. And so, so once, once I uh, was done with the season and made the decision not to play football anymore, I was just, it was all about music, mm. you know, um, mm-hmm. until, it, until I wanted to go back to school. Um, initially to to try to get further in the music business but as i got there and you know getting being around, around football again you start saying oh wait i might like this coaching thing a little bit right um, and then i i, I kind of uh also a wife there so that that changed a lot of things i didn't right. want to go back to the music business yeah um but that's where i really learned that i wanted to be a lawyer too mm-hmm. and so then how did you start to pursue that that law degree well um you know, once I was in, in business school um, and, you know, starting to really learn the ins and outs of business and business deals, and that's mm-hmm. what I really was interested in was more the transactional, making deals, um, uh, making making money for people and opportunities for people. Um, I started to notice that although I liked the business side and I had experience in the music business uh, aspect of it, I kind of started to understand that on the legal side, you actually have more influence and more power ah. because the business side, you had the ideas, you had the mm-hmm. goals, but it was the lawyers that really made it happen and mm-hmm. really made the, the details of the deals actually work. Um, and I, I, I was intrigued by that. And so pretty quickly, probably by the first semester of my business MBA um, education, I decided I want to. I'm, I'm going to finish my MBA. I don't want to not finish it, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to go to law school after. Um, oh, so you finished your MBA and then you went to law school? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, did, I did the long route. I did the wow. long route. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's great. I, I think uh, one of the biggest things, me personally, that I learned from this story is just like fascinated with your with your work ethic and your persistence. I think in you know all aspects of 
you know, of your life and these stories, like you, you really have shown like such a great work that ethic and your, your persistence and your determination to, uh, to be successful. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. What, uh, what advice would you give for high school athletes who, who have goals or aspirations of, of playing a sport in the college, in college? Um, uh, first I would say, um, you know, if that's your goal, it needs to be paramount focus of yours because there's no other way to do it. Um, and you have to, you know, prior to prioritize your life in a way that is only is going to put you in that trajectory. That means, you know, what's important, you know, training, your sport, you know, how you eat, who you hang around with, how you spend your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything you need for your personality to be successful and just obsess over it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do that, look, you can only control what you can control. You control how hard you work um, and get bigger, faster, stronger. Um, and you can control how you play during the games. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. The rest of it is hustle. And nowadays, you know, back, back when we played, you know, your only opportunity to get recruited was when you played your game. Right. You know, um, maybe you could go to some college camps um, in, in, in that in that aspect. But, you know, now you have seven on seven football, you have all your scouting services and all this, you know, you have social media. Um, so don't be bashful in those opportunities, but understand all of that is just to get a coach to, to look at you. Mm-hmm. But when they do look at you, your job is to perform. And, and that's what you have to do is just be prepared to perform. And what advice would you give to, to college athletes right now? What I'll give the college athletes is, you know, even beyond the sport, because at college you're going to have, you know, even on the smaller level, you're going to have the pathway to whatever you want to do, your sport is going to be there. And if you've gotten that far, you kind of have the X factor as far as your drive, determination. The one thing I will say is you have to take advantage of the opportunities at college beyond your sport. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that I benefited from is, listen, I got a, I got, I turned a four-year scholarship into a, into essentially um, a nine-year scholarship mm-hmm. because because I played football, I developed relationships, and I turned that into a free MBA education. I turned that into a law school scholarship. Was was all because um, I expanded who I was beyond my sport and reached out to people. These these universities are just a place we have all these people from around the world that are super tied super connected super intelligent and are going to do amazing things with their lives mm-hmm. you have to force yourself to know those people it's right. it's harder today when i played we, you know we had one weight room for athletes so mm-hmm. i knew all the basketball players all the track runners and all olympic sports now you have football weight room you know basketball weight room and it's even harder but you have to force yourself to know everybody at least know the athletes but definitely force yourself to go to some some you know event that non-athlete students are going to talk to people in your classes develop those relationships because whether no matter how far you get in your sport after college those are going to be those beneficial relationships the ceos and great advice you know, they're going to be like, hey, you know, I got an idea. I want to do something. I want to support like that. That's that's key. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, just, I, I agree 100%. I think that's, that's great advice. I think just, you know, you were able to, through sports, right, you know, advance yourself. And I, yeah. I think that's, that's, you know, kind of the second main message I, I would take from this is just being able to use sports as an avenue to help you to, to grow and be successful later on in life. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, sports is one of those things that people like and, and you get attention for. And mm-hmm. when you have their attention, you got to decide how you want to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was it was the same. That feeling was the same thing. Why I was attracted to music is because everybody was listening to it. And right. it was like, man, if I could get their attention, then I could say something that may, be, may change your life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so sports is that same thing. You know, I, I got opportunities, you know, because, oh, you played football at Syracuse? I want to talk to you now, you know? Right. Great. Now listen to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I want to I wanna thank you so much for coming on the show. I know personally I, I learned a lot, and I'm sure the, the listeners out there are going to learn just as much. Uh, I do want to have you back, though, on another episode to, to maybe talk about uh, your company that you have started, the Brand Law, Law Investment. Um, as well as kind of some of your your life now as being a lawyer. So hopefully we can do a part two sometime soon and talk about those things. Absolutely. I would love it. I appreciate it. All right. Well, well, thanks for joining us. And um, we'll talk to you soon. soon. What a great story of perseverance to to make it through all the way to becoming a, a lawyer. I want to remind everybody to go check out our website of timewin.net to find information about or find more information about different episodes as well as find information about our book club for the month. And remember, everyone has a story. <laughs>